like many sports fans today, you probably rolled out of bed, walked to the window, looked outside to see nobody on the street. I turned on television to see another report about what's going on with the ongoing coronavirus pandemic. Probably wonder to yourself, are sports ever going to come back? You're probably going to wonder, especially if you're a hockey fan, when is the NHL going to come back? If you're a Tampa Bay Lightning fan, you're probably wondering and saying to yourself, when is the Lightning going to start playing again? Where can I find more information on the Tampa Bay Lightning? In this time of need, this, this purgatory of sports. Oh, wait, there's this show that's on the Locked On Podcast Network. I'm Adam Danker, and this is Locked On Lightning. Another episode of Locked On Lightning, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. I'm your host, Adam Danker. It is Friday. Uh, you know, normally I would say on my Friday shows that, you know, it's Friday and, you know, you're, you're, you should be excited because, you know, tomorrow's the weekend. But, you know, lately, you know, it's a little strange schedule. A lot of people's schedules are weird because, um, you know, everything going on in the country and the world right now, you know, weekend doesn't seem as alluring just because you know, your daily activity isn't really going to much change. Uh, a lot of listeners of the show, especially, you know, and also a lot of people around the country and world are living in areas that are quarantined, living under curfew. So, yeah, I could see, you know, it's kind of a weird thing. But hopefully this show could bring you some relief uh, to your day. And going forward, um, maybe I will try to do, if time permitting, we could do some more extra content and throw some shows out for the weekend. So, yeah, uh, today we're going to discuss Game 5 of the 2004 Stanley Cup Finals, as well as other things. Um, I just want to discuss an article that came out on NHL.com, I believe it was either today or yesterday, that was discussing uh, the, the, you know, your favorite goalies, top five favorite goalies um, in the past, I guess it was growing up. Um, You know, I'm 28 years old, so, you know, I grew up watching goaltenders like Patrick Waugh. Uh, Mike Richter, um, I think Dominic Hasek, uh, um, you know, Marty Brodeur, guys like those. Um, but what I am going to do instead of that, kind of just to build off of that, I'm going to talk about my favorite, top five favorite goalies right now that are in the league. Um, you know, I, there's a lot of great goaltenders in this league right now. You know, um, I think that, this is the best collection of goaltenders I think that the NHL has ever had. I think that if you look at all 31 teams, um, you really don't see a goaltender that on that team that you know you don't think that is uh, not above average. Um, I believe a lot of these goalies could jump onto any other team in the league and be a starting goal. So. If you look around the league, um, you know, there's a lot of goalies, of course, you know, talented, up and coming still, uh, young goalies, as well as, you know, those at the end of the line of their careers. Um, but my favorite goalies, if, you know, I want to hear your opinions, I would love to hear your opinions uh, and what your favorite goalies are. Um, you know, necess- doesn't necessarily have to be uh, Andre Vasilevsky or Curtis McElhinney. I wouldn't fault you. Um, of course, you know, of, you know, listeners to the show are, are, of course, Lightning fans, and I hope some aren't um, as well and maybe eventually do become Lightning fans. But I think 
you know, it, it when nobody would fault you if you went a different route when you were naming your your favorite current goalies in the league. So maybe some of my selections will be pretty obvious, and they're not in really any particular order as to you know who's who's you know fifth ranked or you know and going upwards. But so you know now to really talk about it, I think I'm gonna have to start off with obviously. Obviously, Andre Vasilevsky, um, you know, I think he's going to be an obvious pick for a lot of people when they're making this list in their heads. And, you know, I'm thinking maybe next week we could also build off of that and kind of do, um, you know, our own little fantasy draft. Uh, maybe select four lines of players. Doesn't, you know, salary cap doesn't have to matter. Maybe on a later date we will do one where salary cap does matter. But, yeah, we'll do something like that eventually, uh, whether it's next week or, you know, later on. But so going back to the goalie conversation. Um, so Andre Vasilevsky, yes, I believe that, you know, any knowledgeable hockey fan would. And if you're not, if you're listening to this podcast and you're not really familiar with, you know, Andre, Andre Vasilevsky and, you know, how he plays and how good of a goalie he is. You know, just jump on YouTube, um, jump on NHL.com, and just take a look at this guy. He's absolutely phenomenal. Um, you know, and I'm not just saying that because he plays for the Lightning, but because I genuinely believe that he is one of the, if not the best goalie in the league. I think he's been the best goalie this season. Um, you know, he leads the league in wins. Uh, he's, during that 11-game streak, he was the best goalie in the league without a doubt. He went on a 20-game point streak. Uh, so, you know, it, and just some of the saves this guy pl- uh, makes and just the way he covers the crease is absolutely incredible. You know, it does help that the guy is huge. Um, it's almost effortless with, you know, his wingspan and his leg span to go from um, bar to bar, side to side. Now, just remember, in case of, you know, some of you that are not aware, you know, the, the hockey net is four feet high and six feet wide. So just to cover six feet uh, from side to side like that is, you know, a challenge itself, especially when you have um, some of the most talented players in the world, you know, uh, shooting the puck at 80, 90 miles per hour and, you know, making these quick passes on one timers. So for him to do that and to make it look absolutely almost effortless is, you know, a feat within itself. Um, If you want to see some, you know, awesome, Andre Vasilevsky, uh, you know, highlights, there was a save, I believe, from last season where he made a save behind his back, which was, like, ridiculous. Um, so, you know, that's just something to look out for. Uh, my other top goalies, my other favorite goalies, my other would be would be John Gibson from the Anaheim Ducks. Um, you know, the, the one common theme that you'll see when I'm listing off these goalies is that they – they have and have shown the ability to put their teams on their backs, especially in the playoffs, or, you know, kind of look at their teammates and you're not really necessarily through, you know, vocalizing it, but through their actions and how they play and their performance is, you know, hey, guys, don't worry. You know, even if the offense or the defense isn't running on all cylinders tonight, I got this one. Or, you know, I know it's going to be a tough road ahead in the playoffs, but I got this one. Uh, yeah, so John Gibson's definitely done that with the Ducks. Um, during the seasons, um, I think he kind of gets, um, you know, missed 
a little bit just uh, when you talk about some of the goalies or some of the more notable players in the league just because he does play for the Anaheim Ducks and they're not exactly one of the best teams in the league. They're they're probably in the bottom bottom 10 of the league right now. But yeah, uh, if you want to watch some uh, good goaltending as well, take a look at some uh, uh, John Gibson highlights. Uh, number third, Number three is probably Pecorine. Pecorine is another guy as well. Um, played absolutely out of his mind during that run for the Nashville Predators a couple of years ago. And uh, I actually had him two years in a row, drafted him two years in a row on my fantasy hockey team. And the guy puts up puts up incredible numbers. He didn't really so much have a, you know, a, a stereotypical Pecorine season this year but the cool thing about him is that and you don't really see it often is he did score a goal in a game this year i believe it was uh in a 7-2 win over the chicago blackhawks um i actually remember watching some of that game and seeing that it was it was actually a pretty fantastic uh sight to see for a goaltender uh moving on to the next goalie is i would have to say mark andre Fleury. um he's kind of towards the end of his career right now um he won those cups in pittsburgh and then helped uh the vegas golden knights after being drafted in the expansion draft um you know make it to the stanley cup finals in their first year i think that uh he's still got a left a lot left in the tank i think that you know he he does had especially this season he's kind of his age has kind of shown a little bit in his play um and of course you know a little injury has to contribute to that but I think that he's 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 one of those guys that I think if you were to pick any goaltender in the National Hockey League today, uh, you know, if you had to ask me, hey, you have a game seven right now um, or you have a big game and you need a goalie to come through, not necessarily because of his play recently, but how his track record has been um, in the past with big games, I would probably have to say if I had to pick between maybe if I could list off three goalies or maybe even two, Mark Andre Fleury would, without a doubt, be in that that grouping. Um, the guy's absolutely incredible. Um, yeah, I, I used to knock him a little bit in Pittsburgh back in the day because he would make some mistakes, you know, um, trying to clear the puck and just, you know, giving it over to the other team and just uh, caught and, you know, leading up to a uh, an easy goal for the opponent. But yeah. Uh, and then I guess my. Last uh, favorite goalie, and I'm kind of going to go in a different direction with this. You know, a lot of the guys that I have listed um, thus far are more so established. I've been in the league for quite a number of years. Uh, this guy actually is, you know, this is his rookie year. He's only played maybe, I want to say, 15, 20 games um, off the top of my head. That I could be totally off on that. Um uh, some of you probably already know who I'm referring to. Uh, he's taken the NHL absolutely by storm since being called up, and that's Igor Shosturkin from the New York Rangers. Uh, the guy is absolutely incredible. He reminds me a lot of Andre Vasilevsky in just the way he's built, um, the way he moves around in the crease as well. Uh, obviously, he has a lot to learn and to you know a lot of things to fine tune in his game as he goes forward. I believe a guy like this is only going to get better. Um, and it'll, it'll be pretty cool and pretty neat, especially for Lightning fans to see. Obviously, you know, you, you don't want to face this guy every year in the playoffs, and it kind of helps that the Rangers aren't in the same division as the Tampa Bay Lightning. But this is definitely a matchup that, you know, especially 
avid hockey fans could look forward to um, in in you know the future in the playoffs. You know, seeing the Rangers possibly because they are going to be good. You know, they're already good right now. This was supposed to be kind of maybe a, a building year for them. Um, kind of maybe sell some parts, even though they did sa- make the biggest free agent signing um, of the offseason and signing Artemi Panarin. Um, I think this is a team that Lightning fans should definitely take a look at and keep an eye on when the season returns, just because I could see the Lightning and the Rangers, um, you know, meeting up many times in the future in the playoffs. And you, you definitely see a series like this with Vasilevsky and Sesterkin, um, you know, in net for their respective teams uh, going to game seven almost every all the time. This could be kind of like a, a playoff rivalry series that could be kind of, you know, going, even though you don't really see many uh, hockey rivalries that really center around the goalies, I think this is definitely one that could maybe evolve. This is definitely a matchup that could definitely evolve into that. So just keep an eye on that. Yeah, so those are my favorite goalies thus far. Um, maybe later on, uh, depending on what happens with the NHL season, um, when it does come back, maybe before then we'll, um, we'll do, I'll put together a list of, you know, I'll rank all the goalies in the league. Um, I'll maybe do that with some of the other players too. I won't do all of them. I'll do like maybe the top 50 players, um, in the league, uh, or, and then I'll also put together a list of, you know, all the players in the lightning on the lightning roster right now ranked. Uh, from the season based on their this season's uh, performances. So, yeah, that, that's um, I would love to hear your opinions on who your favorite goalies are in the league. Um, you know, don't be afraid to throw in there uh, your reasons for that. I'm sure you all have different reasons. Um, and I'm sure probably, you know, all of you being Lightning fans will definitely throw in Andre Vasilevsky on there, which, you know, is not a bad pick at all. So let's jump into what you've all you've been tuning in for uh, this past week. But this past week, if you're just listening to this episode, I've been recapping the 2004 Stanley Cup Finals in which the Tampa Bay Lightning faced off against the Calgary Flames in a seven-game series. Um, it was the Lightning's first time, first appearance in the Stanley Cup Finals. And yeah, this has been a thus far through four games been a very um, gritty game uh, series. You know, Calgary has been going out there every game thus far and trying to throw around checks and throw their weight around and trying to bully the, the, the smaller Tampa Bay Lightning team into, you know, playing their style of play as well as um, wearing them down and trying to lure them into, you know, unnecessary penalties. And penalties have have been absolutely all over the place with this series. Um, there's been a lot of, you know, the first four games have been, you know, I think in my opinion, uh, I'd love to hear your guys' opinion, uh, you know, right into the show at LockedOnLightning at gmail.com or tweet to the LockedOn Twitter page at LO underscore Lightning or even tweet to me at AP Danker, D-E-N-K-E-R on Twitter. Um, you know, what, what do you think? Because in my opinion, I think the first four games kind of, dragged on just because of the the amount of not only penalties uh obviously the stoppages with you know pucks going over the uh into the crowd you know that 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 will happen that's just the way the game goes on um but as well as you know the old i forgot how you know i didn't realize maybe just because i was a little younger when this was still the rule but the old uh icing penalty that it's unbelievable and maybe it also the way these two teams played it kind of contributes to that as well as it would seem that 
whenever the team, especially the Flames, they do it uh, quite often, is that if they're skating up ice and they don't really have a look, um, as soon as they get the mid-ice, they just dump it and take the icing penalty, which is very strange. Um, I will definitely keep an eye on that because I'm, I'm, maybe I'll go back and watch those games and maybe I can find a reason as to why they keep doing it because there has to be a reason why. Um, but yeah, so let's just jump into the game. So what I mentioned on my last episode was that for, you know, obviously we all know what happens eventually, but I'm going to be approaching and recapping these games as if they've been happening now in, in a nightly basis. Um, so, you know, the, what I spoke about on my last episode is that for the lightning to go forward and be successful in this series is they would need for Marty St. Louis to step up. You know, you haven't really seen much from him other than a goal. Um, that didn't really mean much in game one. Um, I believe it was game one, uh, last game. He kind of seemed like he was falling all over the place. I'm not really sure what that was. Why maybe he was just trying to be too fine and rushes, uh, his shot on, you know, in the last game and maybe it was just maybe frustration really played a role in that as well. Uh, but the lightning going to Calgary in this game after a one, nothing, um, win on the road in Calgary and an absolutely incredible game in net by Nikolai Cabby Bullen, uh, saving 29, sit, uh, shots. And so, you know, that's big in the, especially in the finals when, you know, you're going into a game, uh, you know, down to one, you kind of want to tie things up right away and not get, let the series get it, get, uh, you know, away from you because this is a big game game four. I said that because, you know, if lightning, win this, uh, loses game, uh, they have another game, you know, they have to go back home and, you know, they're down three, one. And even though you are, you know, you are going back to your home turf, you know, regardless of where you are, you're still down three, three, one. So that's, um, you know, it's it's not a good not a good thing to do uh, to go down like that. But, you know, it was good that the Lightning came up big, especially Cabby Bullen. Uh, other than that, it really wasn't an eventful game for them. But let's talk about game five now. So game five was played at a very different pace than what you saw in the first four games. Uh, you know, the first four games I said were, you know, Calgary really trying to enact their their way upon the, the smaller Lightning by playing very physical hockey and the Lightning for the most part, um, in the first three games, really, you know, kind of giving into it and trying to give them, you know, physical hockey as well. And in the process, unfortunately, weighing themselves down. But in game four, they did a very good job of just sticking to their guns, playing the way they know they could play. And Calgary basically um, wore themselves out trying to chase the lightning all over the ice. And they kind of did the same thing as well in game five. But um Calgary gave up on that game plan very quickly and just played fast hockey. Um, and it was a very up and uh, gritty game, which, you know, you love to see. And this was really the game. And, you know, you have to remember, this was 2004, 16 years ago. So you have to remember, you know, the game has changed a lot then. And this is the first game that in this series that I've watched where it really, the style of play really translate to the modern day NHL. It was very fast. Players were, were you know, more focused on skill moves and puck handling more than, you know, laying the big hits. Obviously, you know, there was a fair share of big hits, but not as much as you saw in games one through four. So that was a pretty uh, cool thing to see. So first period, uh, Calgary gets on the board. 
uh, real fast with a deflection in front from Martin Galinas on the shot by Tony Lidman. A uh, little note that Tony Lidman, this is his first game uh, thus far in the series just because I believe he um, had a concussion um, and he missed 20 games. So, yeah, it was, uh, you know, it was, you know, it's nice to see whenever a guy is injured, regardless of when it happened, you know, for them to come back and play well and be healthy. You never want to see any player, regardless of what team they're on, um, you know, hurt. Uh, but then, you know, right as the first period ended, um, my man, Martin St. Louis, uh, took the puck from behind the net and skated in front and just threw it on a backhand past the, um, uh, the goaltender and tied the game up. 1-1 to end the first period. Now, this goal in the second period that I'm about to speak about was absolutely incredible. Now, Jerome McGinley skates up the ice. He takes the puck up. This is at 15-10 into the second period. Mind you, it's also unassisted. Um, and the thing is that, you know, we didn't have the NHL TV or any really streaming service or anything like that growing up. So it was pretty much, it was you didn't really see the Calgary Flames play as often, only when they were in town. And so it's kind of, you know, you kind of forget just from what you've seen from highlights on YouTube or from the times you played, how great Jerome McGillow was. You know, this is prime Jerome McGillow at this point. And he had 12, 12 goals. Think about that. 12 goals um, coming into this game. And so he picks up the puck in the neutral zone and he skates up ice towards the blue line and he gets towards a little bit of hot, um, above the circle, the right circle, and he just rips it past the uh, Kabi Bulin uh, far post uh, to give Calgary the, the lead. And I, if you if you could find it without watching the full game, please go ahead because this is an absolute uh, nasty shot. This is, he absolutely ripped this from a hard angle. Um, you know, it seemed like he was confident all the way about this going in um, when he was skating down the ice. And they even said on the broadcast that he looked behind him to make sure there wasn't anybody trailing him. And then he just flicked it on that past Kabi Bullen to give Calgary the, the lead at this point. But uh, yeah, the Lightning ended up tying it in the third period, uh, 37 seconds in by Frederick Modine on a power play goal. And you, if you've listened to this show before, you already know how much I love power play goals and how important I think they are is, you know, especially when you're in the playoffs is that you have to take, you know, full advantage of the opportunities given to you. So and that's the thing I've been seeing a lot of from this lightning team thus far in this series is them taking advantage for the most part um, of the power play. And speaking of penalties, just quick, like I said, uh, you know, about the previous games, there was tons of penalties, but it seemed like these two teams were done, not only done feeling themselves out, but they were also, um, you know, done kind of like they kind of got a feel for what the, the refs were going to be calling. So they kind of, um, you know, they kind of, they kind of simmered down on the panel, cut down on the penalties and played more, um, you know, disciplined hockey, which was nice to see because then, you know, the game goes, you know, more, uh, along more smoothly and you don't have as many, um, uh, whistle calls. So, yeah. And then, so they, t you know, the Frederick Modine goal ties it uh, with assist from Brad Richards and Dave Andrewchuk, and Brad Richards absolutely playing out of his mind in this series, um, and in these playoffs, you know, up into this point, they had a stat show up, um, which I actually forgot to mention in the last episode was that Brad Richards, uh, seven of his ten goals up into this point in the playoffs were uh, game-winning goals, which is 
which was a record at that point, uh, which is an absolutely incredible stat. Uh, just shows you how vital he was to this playoff run, and especially in this series. So moving on to OT, um, you know, OT in this game was, you know, kind of more of the same uh, for what, you know, transpired during the game. Absolutely a ton of shots. Um, Calgary and Tampa Bay uh, had Calgary having seven OT shots on goal and Tampa Bay having eight, where, you know, really a lot of the shots uh, from the games up until that point were, you know, really not a high number. Calgary finished with 36, where Tampa finished with 28. Um, This was this period, even though there was, you know, only 15 shots total in this period between the two teams. It was absolute chaos. Um, you know, there was a lot more shots that were also didn't make it through traffic, um, hitting defenders or, you know, players in general. Um, so this was, and it was great goaltending throughout the whole game. But unfortunately, the Lightning um, couldn't couldn't take this one. And Oleg Saprikin, uh puts it in net on a scramble in front um, to win the game for the Calgary Flames. And giving uh, Calgary a 3-2 three, three, lead at this point in the series. So, um, you know, obviously we all know what happens. But if you want to, you know, kind of pretend that this is happening right now. you're If you're a Lightning fan, you're a little concerned. Not only because the Lightning are down 3-2 um, in this series. But uh, just because, you know, you're, you have another game. You're going, you know, you had a chance to get the series back up. Uh, while you're at home and now you have to go back to Calgary and try to win on the road and bring it back to Tampa for a game seven. So, you know, that's something that obviously, you know, you're concerned about watching this game um, as well as, uh, you know, just the, the whole, let's just not even talk about game seven. Let's talk about game six. Game six will be, you know, a tough game for lightning to play, um, you know, in that building in Calgary, just because that, that Calgary, those Calgary fans are insane. And I talked about it a little bit on my last episode, how tough it must be to play in front of that fan base, especially when you're on the road, um, making that long plane ride from, you know, Tampa to Calgary. So, you know, that's something you have to talk. um, You have to think about what these players might be going through and everything that goes through, you know, players' minds and what they have to deal with uh, when they're making these long cup runs. So, yeah, I'm super excited to be talking about that on Monday. We're going to get on that. And, you know, obviously we'll, you know, the Lightning do win game six and they'll eventually bring it back to Tampa for game seven. Um, So I'll dive into all of that about, you know, what the Lightning did right and what really, you know, um, catapult them, kind of gave them the edge going into Game 7 as well. So that's it for today's episode of Locked On Lightning, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. My name is Adam Danger. I hope you guys have a awesome weekend. I know it's going to be tough, you know, with a lot of you not being able to either go out or not being able to have, you know, with your activities being limited. Just try to stay in there. Um, maybe I'll try and put out a episode on the weekend or, you know, a bonus episode next week to kind of, you know, help you with that. So yeah, have, have a good one. Have a good weekend and I'll be back on Monday.